Mally, Indo, and Cash in one tour. Totsi was simultaneously proud of what was going to be a monumental accomplishment and mentally dumbfounded at the stupidity of the endeavor. Rod had warned her not to do it. He told her that that much time in the tube just wasn't smart and that she lived to regret it. Warning Totsi of imminent regret, though, is akin to reminding her she is beautiful, smart, and in her mid-twenties and had like three or four bright smile guys ahead of her before she settled down. This, assuming she got lucky. If she didn't get lucky, then she had an eternity of corporate pickup lines, three to four per corporate party, and counting on a success rate of 20 to 30 percent, this meant she had at least four one-night stands per annum in her future forward, regret sure to follow each. So, regret really was an adequate incentive for Totsi, and she began planning her 24-hour, three-hit tour right then as Rod's self-serving regret threat evaporated to the air around them. He's still breathing, too heavily, she thought, down her back. Totsi liked to call them bright smile guys. They're perfect orthodontic miracles, each 50 grand better than the next. It seems like its own commodity. Like each of these plastic guys she seems to singularly attract could move the market daily with a degree of sun in their sure smile, dressed plasty perfect face. She'd had it with the Glee Boys, but she couldn't shake them. And each day, with each venture outside her Michigan office, they magneted to her. Perhaps only because she was bright smile people too. Badge had been tailing Totsi for four days. On day two, she met a man in his Saddle River early American home and spent two hours there before being driven, though not directly, back to JFK. Much less would have been made of the meeting had Totsi's driver not embarked on his textbook diversion-based routes and reroutes on their way to the New Jersey destination. Baj's assignment was simple. His king had been deeply insulted by the insistent American and wanted her gone. The few remaining sovereign nations on earth are very aware of and lay in wait of the pitchmen to come. But the suggestion that the lifelong religious values of an entire nation of people was also a commodity to be bought and sold struck deep at the heart of the Cash monarchy. So Tatsi Alvero's final visit to the kingdom of Cash had ended almost as abruptly as her first weeks earlier. And, as she boarded the tube train to Panji and her connector to the mainland, Baj began what is in effect his life's mission, to stop the immoral imperialists before they completely destroy the earth. His was a beautiful vic, though. As many ways as Baj imagined killing Totsi in the days he followed her around, he imagined as many ways making love to her. At night as she slept, and he could not, he would lay there imagining that they lay her cradled in his arms. Baj could not get close enough to her to smell her, but to a degree not far from reality, he imagined he could, and he did so over and over, to the point he was convinced he had, held her and smelled her, and made love to her over and over. So when Totsi exited the house of the mystery man in New Jersey, a particular smile in her eyes, Baj felt something big had just happened. He was sure of it for he felt he truly knew his new interest of love, and her eyes told the story of new adventures full of the promise of great accomplishment. Bash put all this aside for the moment, though, for as Tatsi Alvero was ushered back to her car and driven, according to the SIM chip trace he had attached to the underside of her car, not directly back to the local airport, Bash entered the Saddle River home of Tatsi's mystery host, 
and squeezed all life from the mystery man when he wouldn't share with Baj the great news he had just moments earlier shared with Totsy. What the man did share with Baj was name, Beasley Peasley, rank, semi-elite. <laughs>